Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the Off-Season Champions podcast. I'm Sean and this is a podcast dedicated to the Washington Redskins. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dwayne Haskins era has begun. Unfortunately, it had the same result as the Case Keenum and Colt McCoy eras in Washington. As the Redskins lost yet another tough road game, to the Buffalo Bills, 24-9. Despite the final score, the Skins were in this game for most of it. But our continued struggles on third down, on both sides of the ball, and our lack of a spark on offense cost this team the game. It wasn't all bad. In fact, there were some bright spots, especially in Dwayne Haskins' play. Let's get into it. So Bill Callahan announced midweek that Dwayne Haskins would be getting the start, his first NFL career start as a Washington Redskin. This gave Dwayne the entire week to work with the coaching staff, to work with Kevin O'Connell and come up with a game plan, to game plan for the Bills defense, to practice with the ones, and just to prepare for the moment. And the It all culminated in that first opening drive. Redskins received the ball first, and on that first drive, there's a procedural penalty. Bergstrom didn't check in. They went with a big set. He didn't check in at the line, 10-yard penalty, and it basically killed all momentum. Not what you want when you're living up to this big moment in your head, your first career start, and you're pushed back 10 yards. But Haskins bounced back. He looked good. He didn't look great. He looked good. To look great in the NFL, even as a rookie, you need to produce. You need to produce yardage. You need to produce points. You need to produce third down conversions. And really, they didn't have a lot. However, more importantly, and what I've been preaching for weeks, is that Haskins needed this experience. And Haskins showed that he's developed and progressed over the last couple weeks since his last start he's learned a lot from the mistakes that he's made so far this season he's been much more careful with the ball and his decision making where he's going with the ball he's been much more decisive coming in and out of the huddle no real issues um, especially making that play call and then allowing time to get to the line and make adjustments once he's at the line once he sees what he's up against on the defense um, Dwayne Haskins, he went through his progressions and he made the right reads. He was much faster than he has in the past, getting the ball out of his hands, being decisive with where he wants to go and where he's going to put the ball. And he just was able to get in a faster tempo. He got into a rhythm and although it didn't carry, he didn't have continuity through these drives and get past third downs a lot. He had a much faster tempo than we were used to seeing. And he's cleaned up some of his mechanics. Um, He was stepping into his throws much better than we've seen in the past. Um, And I guess the most important thing that I saw from Dwayne Haskins in this game, uh, he didn't force the ball anywhere. He didn't make any bad throws that resulted in a turnover. It was good. I mean, Haskins looked good in this game. Everything we've seen, everything we've heard about, everything 
we've witnessed in these first two games that he played, um, he's made corrections on those. He's developing and he's learning from his mistakes. He still has a lot of work to do. I mean, he's got an entire playbook to get familiar with, to get comfortable with, and to have an understanding of where everyone is supposed to be on each one of these plays. He's still holding the ball too long. Sometimes in the pocket, he's taking one or two extra seconds when he should be a little bit more decisive and have an idea where he wants to go. And part of that's timing. Part of that is understanding where your receivers are going to be and having a rapport with these guys, something Dwayne hasn't been able to build a rapport with these guys because he hasn't had enough time to practice with them as Case Keenum has been the starter this whole season. Um, and getting rid of the ball when he's under pressure is something Dwayne Haskins is going to need to learn quickly to get comfortable with. Um, he had four sacks, and, you know, at a certain point, he's got to learn how to just get the ball out there and, you know, put it on the sideline um, instead of taking that sack. And that's something I think he's going to learn. It seems to be every week he's learning from these mistakes and he's compiling all this information and growing from these, developing week in and week out. Um, it was a really, really good showing for Dwayne. And again, I, I know it's only 144 yards, but when he, a player comes in and everyone's expecting him to throw interception after interception and not be ready for the moment, against a really good defense. This Bills defense is ranked third in the league. Um, their running game, running D is not great, but their passing defense is good. They shut, they shut down a lot of good quarterbacks. And I think Dwayne Haskins held his own. And hopefully it is a sign of what's to come. Um, it really is a step in the right direction. And again, it was an entire game to build around. An entire experience of not just playing in the game, but game planning and coming up with plays and meeting with the, the coaching staff and getting ready for the moment. Um, you know, there's a lot that Dwayne Haskin offers this team that I just honestly think Case Keenum and Colt McCoy don't offer. I I don't understand why it's taken this long for Dwayne Haskins to get in there and I mean, I'll cut to the chase. Bill Callahan has still not said who he plans on starting week 11 against the Jets. Redskins have a bye this week. And Bill Callahan decided not to announce who would start until the Monday following the bye week. Which to me is absolutely ludicrous. I just don't understand what Colt McCoy or Case Keenum offer that Dwayne Haskins doesn't. I've seen the same production out of all three of these guys. And for all intents and purposes, I can't imagine Case Keenum will be here next year. And I really don't think Colt McCoy should or will be here next year either. So at what point does this front office say to Bill Callahan, listen, Dwayne is the guy. Dwayne needs the development. Dwayne needs the time. Get him out there. Let him finish his season. There is absolutely no reason why Dwayne Haskins should not be playing every single snap the rest of this season, gaining experience, continuing to develop, and continuing to learn 
week in and week out. Um, you know, Dwayne has a lot to build off of. If he can stay consistent with what he's progressed on so far and add, you know, just small items week in and week out on a weekly basis, he can continually develop. By the end of the season, he should be at the point where a complete offseason with him as QB1 would be greatly beneficial. Now is the time to get the work. Now is the time to get all the kinks out and figure everything out. The offseason, that's for building a rapport with a new coaching staff and new players, learning a new playbook and working on timing and continuing to build a rapport with these players. This season, the rest of this season, these next uh, seven games, this is exactly the time to allow Dwayne Haskins to make these mistakes to learn from his mistakes, to learn at the NFL level, and to just get himself ready for what he needs to do going into this offseason. There's no better time than the present. We're 1-8. and eight. At this point, why even put Case Keenan back in there? Because he gives us the best chance to win. Why are we concerned about winning? At 1-8, and eight, we should be concerned about developing these players, these young players, getting Dwayne Haskins in there, getting Darius Geis back and in there, uh, continuing to develop Terry McLaurin and getting something out of these younger guys. Um, Kelvin Harmon, Trey Quinn. We, we just really need to get this team in a cohesive spot because at 1-8, and eight, the season's for all intents and purposes over. And I don't understand the sentiment of get our best chance to win. Our best chance to win what? Third in the division? I mean, I really think uh, if Callahan doesn't come to this conclusion himself, and, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to offend Case Keenum and give Haskins the job without saying, you know, we spent time and we looked at this every which way, and Dwayne is going to continue on as the starter. But if... If that's not sentiment and, and and Bill Callahan does not feel that way and he still feels Case Keenum needs to be in because he gives his team the best chance to win, the front office needs to step in and a change needs to be made. Um, like I said, Dwayne Haskins, 15 for 22, 144 yards. Adrian Peterson, 18 carries, 108 yards. Um... Dwayne Haskins had three run attempts for 14 yards. Um, receiving, Paul Richardson led the day. Four receptions for 42 yards. Terry McLaurin, four receptions for 39 yards. And Adrian Peterson, one reception for 22 yards. Followed by Jeremy Sprinkle, one reception, 16 yards. So our receiving, I mean, our receiving weapons are just underutilized in this game. Um... Again, it was Dwayne's first start. Maybe they were protecting him. They obviously leaned a lot on the run, and AP had a big game because of it. But that didn't produce any points. That produced three field goals, no touchdowns. We just couldn't punch the ball in, and that's a problem. I mean, that is a huge problem. Our defense looked all right. I mean, they kept us in the game for the most part. Um, You know, it was 9-17, to throughout the third quarter, uh, 
we were one touchdown away the entire time. But honestly, it just felt insurmountable. I no point during the first three quarters, if we're there at the whole game, did I feel like the Redskins were going to come back and get back in this thing. Um, and I think that's going to change once the playbook opens up a little bit more, once Dwayne gets a little more comfortable, once he can continue getting into a rhythm and a flow and build this week in and week out. Uh, but right now it's just such a reactive, it, it, it's so reactive. It just, it's crazy. It's crazy that being a touchdown down on this Bills team and not feeling like we had a shot, and then they t- get that last touchdown in the fourth quarter, and obviously we're completely out of it. The defense is doing a good job. I mean, they're keeping us in these games for the most part. They're keeping it close, close enough that if we had a better offensive um, strike, if we had a better offensive game plan, that we would be scoring and we'd be in these games. Um, Landon Collins led the team again with nine tackles. Jonathan Allen was seven. Uh, Josh Norman was seven. Troy Apke had six. Um, Sean Dan Hamilton, six tackles. Um, again, our, our front line, our front five, they look good. Although Kerrigan and Montez Sweat, I mean, have been non-existent. I, you know, for years we've seen that play where Ryan Kerrigan is rushing in from the edge and the offensive lineman's arm is around his chest and he's being held. And it just seems like for years that's gone on and on. And that's just all we've seen from Kerrigan this season is he is out of position or not where he needs to be to make the play. Um, And I don't know if it's going to be fixed. I don't know if he can fix it at this point. Um, Montez Sweat, he was in position a few times, but Josh Allen was quick and got out of it. And yeah, we need we need more production from our edge. I mean, these front the front three they're they're really doing their job well. Uh, our edge needs to be do better, and our linebackers they're doing all right. Cole Holcomb honestly seems to be all over the place and as a rookie um he seems to be in on a lot of these plays but we just need better production um Bostic looked all right but uh, again you, you, you need more out of these defensive um pieces um and ultimately the the defense kept us in the game for the most part on the day, uh, Buffalo had 268 yards to Washington's 243. Buffalo had 146 passing yards to Washington's 116. And Washington had 127 rushing yards to Buffalo's 122. No interceptions, no fumbles on either team. Um, and again, the reoccurring theme of our third down conversion percentage. Buffalo had a 50% conversion rate to Washington's 18. And that's just the story of the season over and over and over again. Defense can't get off the field on third down and Washington cannot stay on the field on third down. Um, Time of possession, Buffalo 31 minutes, 47 seconds to Washington's 28 minutes and 13 seconds. And both 
I'm sorry, Buffalo had two penalties to Washington's three. Um, I will say this. The team seems to be more disciplined over the last couple weeks. But that doesn't count for anything when you can't score. This Washington Redskins, over the last three games, and let's call it three and a half games, 13 quarters, they have not scored a touchdown in 13 quarters. Three games and a quarter. That is crazy. This is the first time in the, in the team's history, 88-year history, that that has happened. A three-game stretch, 13 quarters, without a touchdown. I mean, at what point do you look at the play calling? At what point do you start making adjustments? You know, Bill Callahan, he came in and I think he's respected by these players. And I think he's got a decent game plan. But I don't know how much of that is bleeding into what Kevin O'Connell is calling. And honestly, I tweeted it during the game. I don't think Kevin O'Connell is living up to this hype, man. Everyone's saying that he's the next Shanahan. He's the next McVay. I honestly don't see it. I, I honestly don't see it. I mean, this is his first year as an offensive coordinator. And granted, he, was, uh, he wasn't calling the plays. Uh, Jay Gruden was calling the plays into week five. But since then, since Callahan has taken over, supposedly Kevin O'Connell's been making all of the play calling. And I have just not been uh, impressed at all. Um, and uh, Callahan... I understand the run-heavy offense, and especially when you have a rookie quarterback in there and you have a player like Adrian Peterson who can be explosive, um, and that's fine. But that works when the run offense is working and it's producing. But we're not producing. We're not closing out drives. We're not producing points. We're not continuing drives. And it's a, it's a problem. Um, this team it's not utilizing the run. There's no play action when we're having a run success. I just don't understand where the sense of urgency is from this coaching staff to make adjustments and to make a change. Um, and again, uh, this team is in flux. We have an interim head coach in Bill Callahan. This front office is going to be looking to hire a new head coach this offseason. And for all the talk that Bill Callahan should be a candidate, Kevin O'Connell should be a con- candidate, I just don't see it. I, I really don't see it. I, I Even when Callahan was assistant head coach to Jay Gruden, all these things that he changed, everything that he changed when Jay left, why weren't they implemented when Jay was here? And Kevin O'Connell, again, I just have not seen anything that has shown me Anything that leads me to believe he could be a head coach. I think he needs to be an offensive coordinator for another couple of years before he's given that opportunity. And I hope this team doesn't rush to the conclusion that, you know, we can't lose him and he'll be, he needs to be our next head coach because it's just not the right move at this time. I just don't think he's ready. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are building this play call. They're, they're building around Dwayne Haskins and, his lack of experience and everything else. But, I mean, they can be so much more creative than they've been. And 
it just seems so predictable that what they're running. And for a fan to say that, I can only imagine what another team's defensive coordinator is saying. Um, and we've seen it. I mean, they've allowed... This team has not put up a touchdown in 13 quarters, which is absolutely crazy. Other teams see it, and other teams are playing against it, and there just needs to be a change. On top of that, I also feel like Greg Minuski has had his shot. Bill Callahan said when he took over that he did not want to make any adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. He wanted to um, observe and report on, on what he saw and... I don't know what he was observing, but Minuski, this entire defense has been playing pretty vanilla. It's, it's really pedestrian. The amount of the amount of talent we have on that defense, the amount of talented players we have on that defense, we don't have any game changing plays. the The blitzes that are being dialed up are just really vanilla. Um, we're not utilizing these guys to their full potential. And here we are, 1-8. and eight. We have one win, and that's because the Miami Dolphins missed a two-point conversion. So here we are, 1-8. and eight, Not putting up any points. Our defense is underperforming. And we don't even know if our rookie quarterback is going to continue to play uh, despite a, a great progression in the last game not a lot to look forward to going into this bye um but all we can do is look forward right all we can do is look forward to what hopefully Bill Callahan is going to dial up um what changes might come in the next two weeks and ultimately if no changes come in the next two weeks hopefully this fan base can live off the fact that there's going to be a new head coach next year and the excitement that comes with someone new uh, which ultimately will be a moot point unless that new person has either a football minded general manager uh, with taking the lead on the football operations or if that new head coach is given complete control and autonomy to do what he wants. But that will be, be uh, I guess, to be seen at this point. Um, I mean, this coaching staff, I think they are a big part of this problem with what they're dialing up on offense, what they're dialing up on defense. I don't honestly see any one of these coaches uh none of them do i feel is a viable option viable option for head coach next year i honestly don't even know if any of them are a viable option to be on this team next year i could see wanting to hold on to kevin o'connell and wanting him to continue to grow as an offensive coordinator and see what he has but if you bring in a new head coach he's going to want to bring in his own troops and his own guys and I just don't see it. One and eight. I don't see anything from any one of these coaches that demands them to be here next year. So last week, I talked briefly about the trade deadline and how I thought nothing would happen, um, despite having several aging veterans who 
have expensive contracts that should be moved. Um, and this week, prior to the trade deadline on Monday, uh, the day before the trade deadline, uh, the team announced they would be listening to offers for Trent Williams. I mean, this seemed very last minute to me, and mainly it just looked like a ploy to appease the fan base and to make it look like this team was doing something. Um, from what I read, there were several news reports in regards to the teams, other teams that were interested and willing to talk, but in the end, no one was willing to strike a deal. Uh, I guess the Redskins were asking too much or being unreasonable. And at some point on Tuesday, the day of the trade line, uh, the day of the, the day of the trade deadline, Trent Williams reported back to this team. Um, he reported back the next day. He took his physical in the morning. It was reported that he passed his physical, but in the afternoon, after he tried on the helmet, apparently there was discomfort, and now they're saying that he hasn't passed his physical. On Wednesday, uh, that evening, Trent Williams was interviewed by several reporters in front of his locker, and he really sounded off on this team, um, mainly in the training staff, a little bit of the front office, um, but the bottom line was that he had a cancer. He had a cancerous growth on his scalp, uh, had been there about five to six years, and I mean, he was upset with his training staff. He said he's put his uh, he put his body in the hands of this team of these training staff, and he was under the understanding that his well-being was their top priority, and that might not have been their top priority, and it took getting an outsider opinion to get a full understanding of what was going on, and that cancer could have been fatal. I mean, he was told to put his affairs in order, and for a all. Uh, a pro ball tackle, uh, one of the best tackles in the league, one of the highest performing players at his position in the NFL. To hear that, I mean, I'm sure it shook him. And um, without the help of Dan Snyder and getting an outside consultant brought in to, to, to take care of this thing, um, who knows where he would be right now. Um, when Trent was asked about Bruce Allen... And his relationship, he basically just said no comment and asked for the next question. Um, but he sounded off on this team and basically how they weren't there for him. After the surgery, he was left to get home by himself. And no one visited him in the hospital except for D. Hall. Um, I mean, he sounded off and he sounded upset. I don't know what's next steps for this. I don't know what happens after this. I don't even know what the designation is on Trent. I think he's um, basically not on the roster still because of uh, the failed physical. I think this team has about three weeks to figure out what they're going to do with him. Um, but at the moment, he's not on the team. Uh, he's back, but he's not on the final 53-man roster. And he's got some sort of... Um, I, I don't know what his status is, to be completely honest. Um from what I heard, from what I, I listened to the entire interview with him, and I honestly couldn't tell you if he'll play for this team again. Um, he has no issues with Dan Snyder. Uh, he thanked Dan Snyder several times. He said this organization's been great to him, um, and he's got no problem with Dan Snyder. And 
perhaps that is a way for this team to part ways with Bruce Allen. Um, perhaps this is a way for Dan Snyder to see one of the best players on his team, um, one of the best players in this league at that position, has a big problem with his president and his training staff. And maybe that's enough to actually make a change and make a move. There is a possibility that Trent Williams could play for this team next year. And there's a very real possibility that is why he wasn't traded at the deadline. But at the moment, we know nothing. We're almost as in the dark as we were at the beginning of all this. But now Trent is here, and at least he's talking. And at least we have an understanding. Um, Trent was also asked about his contract. And he, you know, he said he's one of the best in the league and he's playing on no guaranteed money. And I don't think that's exactly true this year. I know it's true next year, but, um, Char- you know, Charlie Casterly, the former Redskins GM, was interviewed on the NFL Network uh, later that evening. And he brings up a good point. You know, Trent signed this deal uh, four or five years ago, and it was good then. Because it was all front-loaded guaranteed money. And he signed it then. And then the second he thought it wasn't good for him anymore, he's holding out. But when he signed it, it was good then. So I guess the most important part of all of this is that Trent is back in the building. I don't know what's next for him. I don't know if he ever plays for the Redskins again. All I do know is that he's under contract for the rest of this year. And no matter what happens next year, there's a chance he plays. Hopefully, they work out an extension. Hopefully, Trent comes back into the fold. That's the impression I get, but I guess it's to be determined. It all really depends on who is truly running this team and if a new head coach comes in if that person or whomever is the GM at that point can convince Trent to stay also uncertain is Dwayne Haskins future Bill Callahan waiting until after our bye week to announce uh, starting quarterback again it's absolutely crazy to me that we would wait but this is Callahan's decision and uh, I guess we'll all just wait it with bated breath for another week to pass until we find out who will be starting at quarterback for the Washington Redskins week 11 against the New York Jets we have a bye coming up I'm not sure if I'm going to do a pod in the next week. I guess we'll see what happens, what other news pops up. Uh, If there's no news, I guess that's good news. And you won't hear from me until after our next game. Week 11, New York Jets. Uh, If I had to do a score prediction, Jets have looked terrible despite beating Dallas. Uh, They lost this week to Miami. They are looking terrible god-awful, and for me to say that, I know I'm an eternal optimistic uh, Redskins fan, but I mean, come on. we, I, How can you not 
expect the Redskins to bounce back? How can you not expect this to be a great game for this team? Uh, and that is even more of a reason why I want Dwayne Haskins to be starting. But I digress. I believe the Redskins will win this one in a close one, 24-17, beating the Jets, getting their second win on the year, and finally putting up a few touchdowns. But we'll see what happens in two weeks, week 11, against the New York Jets. As always, guys, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I truly hope that you are enjoying what I'm doing here on this podcast. It is an absolute labor of love, and I enjoy doing it so much. Um, If you are not already, please subscribe, tell a friend, another Redskin fan. Um, And if you like the show, by all means, please leave a five-star rating or a review positive review on Apple Podcast uh, or Spotify or Google or wherever you listen. Anything you can do to help support the podcast would really help me in reaching a much wider audience and just being heard more. Um, if you guys are on Twitter, follow me at HTTRChamps. Again, thank you guys all for your support. Till next time.